This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Tom Ward. The podcast is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern, which, along with Dylan's Brewery, is the best venue for pre and post-match food and drink, as well as all of the live sport. Uh, Please be joined this evening by Matt. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. All good. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, as weeks go, supporting the Sky Blues, this has been a, an enjoyable one. Um, yeah, it's so, getting yeah. too much better, does it? No, exactly. No, no complaints from me at all. Um, obviously, a brilliant win for the Sky Blues in the week with that, those three points at home to Millwall, and then followed it up with another win, two 0 on the road at Rotherham. Um, Matt, can we dare to dream about the playoffs, or is it a little bit out of reach still? I mean, I think the dream's alive, isn't it? I, you know. It's one of those, it's still still plenty of the season left to go and I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit more detail later on, but I don't think there's any any harm in his dreaming, is there? No, exactly. I mean, when you're, what, four points off with, yeah. and we'll chat a bit later on about the run of games we've got, you know, it's it, it teams have come from further behind, haven't they, um, to, to do it? So why not? Yeah, yeah. It's not the most unfavourable run of games and you can never, obviously, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to say about the championship, but it, it's hard to know who's going to play themselves into form at one point so you know it could prove out to be a little bit different than than we look at it at the moment but as it looks at the moment the next you know seven eight nine games even all look winnable on paper and then who knows where we'll be at that point but um but yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll get into that yeah for sure makes it exciting anyway um looking back at yesterday obviously as i said great win for the sky blues i'd say probably not the perfect performance um You know, it didn't, especially first half, didn't feel like the best performance, but, you know, with with key players out, I think, you know, we did enough. And, you know, looking at the match stats, you know, eight eight goal attempts, six on target, you know, that is enough to to win a game, isn't it, Matt? So, you know, we, we did enough, really. Yeah, it's good to see those kind of stats because one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago is, 
you know, when when times maybe weren't as good as they have been the last few weeks, you know, teams seem to be scoring a lot of the chances that they had on goal against us. Um, and we were we were kind of struggling on, on that side of things. So again, you look at it and we were doing well defensively still. And, you know, we've obviously benefited from having uh, Fads back in the team, but I don't even, I don't know that we necessarily completely lost it at the back, but teams, when they got into kind of attacking areas and were able to put, you know, somebody in, in a really good position, they were generally scoring. So you're looking at stats and it seemed to be, we might be conceded two or three goals a game and that was from, you know, four or five shots. So that's that was the frustrating thing. And it shows the difference of having Fads back, even though maybe the level hasn't hasn't massively stepped up. It's that organisation, that ability to kind of do the dirty things that 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 need to be done. And it's pleasing for from the other side to see us kind of having those level of stats where you're saying, you know, maybe we're not bombarding that goal the whole way through the game, but when we're getting those chances, we're we're taking them. So it's mm. it's good to see, and obviously another clean sheet, which is fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. And as you said, having Fads back has been yeah unbelievable, really. Um, you know, just watching him yesterday, just some of the stuff he does, how composed he is. The you know, sometimes when there's a ball over and he he heads it back to the keeper, he just really kind of settles us down. Mm. Um, I feel like in recent weeks, you know, you look at like the Luton goal, for example, just a little bit panicky. Um, we just seem a lot more, a lot more composed at the back. Um, and not just what he does, like you said, how he, how he communicates and gets everyone organized with those young lads at the back. Um, it just gives everyone sort of that, that sort of level of confidence, doesn't it? And composure. Yeah, he, he just seems to bring, bring players up and it makes sense. I guess he's an experienced centre back playing with largely defenders who are, who aren't very experienced, you know, maybe, their expectation is four, five, six years time. Who knows where they could be in, in football, probably expecting to be regular Premier League players. But at the minute, they're obviously developing to get to that point. So we know they have the quality. It's just about unlocking that and having somebody like Fads in there at the back who kind of gives them the confidence. They they kind of know he's he's not only happy or con- content to do the day. So if he, let's face it, he enjoys it. You know, he enjoys yeah. getting himself in there, putting a, a shoulder or an elbow in somebody's back when they're in a dangerous position, doing the kind of all those professional little twitches that need to be done during the game to kind of, you know, quell the the offensive pressure that we might find. And it, I think it just allows them to calm down and, and obviously play the way that they're they're able to play when, when they're in a position to do so. They've got that experience mm-hmm. next to them. So it's not just, you know, what he's bringing to the table himself it's what he's allowing other defenders to do and you know I, I don't want to I don't want to jinx this too much we haven't seen I think the only real issue that we would have had with Fads over his time with us has been those mistakes those issues that he'll have you know if somebody gets the chance to run at him they'll that that is always quite scary and we know he potentially has got a bit of a mistake in him or could lunge in and give away a penalty we're not seeing that happen as much at the moment so if he does cut that out of his game for a period of time you know, he's, he was always going to be a fantastic defender for us and well worthy of obviously getting an extension as well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention actually the, the extension. Obviously, great to see that. The one-year extension, bit of a yeah. no-brainer from the club, really, I suppose. You know, I'm sure he's, he's probably not on mega money. He's coming towards the end of his career. But yeah. that one-year extension, I mean, you know, even if you got sort of half a season out of him and he started to tail off, he's a great person to have around. So, Bit of you know smart bit smart move by the club just to get that sorted early on, and you know one of those players out of quite a few now that you know that needs to get something signed for next season and one's done. So yeah, pleasing that the club got that sorted. Yeah, it's necessary. You know, we needed to, as you say, probably next season might be the point in time where we're saying you know potentially 
it might be his last season and we're looking to move on. He is obviously getting to a, a certain point in his career now, but I certainly feel the way he's playing at the moment, there's definitely evidence in there to say that he's more than worthy of, a, of another season. And, you know, whether we do potentially start to see that decline at some point next season, potentially so, but as it stands at the moment, you know, it was a no-brainer, as you say. We need to, we obviously haven't got too many new defenders t- attached to the club for next season as well. And we need to start working on that. It's not something that you just want to kind of go into the summer and say, we're going to completely revamp mm. revamp our defence. We're obviously going to have to do that to a certain level, but as much as we can kind of nail down um, some of those positions or even just uh, bulk the numbers out and, and have yeah. those options there, then it, it, it's important for us to do. So yeah, as you say, absolutely no brainer. Yeah, you can sort of build it around fads almost, can't you? Mm. Um, if you get fads, yeah. you know, there's, there's ones like McNally who potentially yeah. could be you know alone with with a view to a permanent if you can get sort of them to and and then you, you know start building a team around them then it can what do you, what do you think with McNally do you think we're gonna have a shot because obviously <sighs> I think everybody's quite keen at the minute but yeah. how, how, what do you reckon I've, I've, I mean in terms of I've been really impressed by him so I'd, I'd mm-hmm. certainly you know be keen for us to to make it permanent um obviously with Burnley going up then you know You'd, you'd think we'd have a better chance because yeah. they're probably not going to want to have loads of players sort of hanging around who aren't going to get in the team. Yeah. Um, he's probably not quite at, at Premier League level yet. Yeah. Um, he's sort of definitely on his way up, but uh, yeah, I, I can't see why not. Um, yeah. it, it would make a lot of sense. What sort of money they'd be asking for, I'm not sure. That's probably my one, you know, potential concern with it. I think, yeah. did they sign him for what, a couple of mil was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Oxford, was it? Yeah, so they're going to be um, looking for probably more, having yeah. stepped up a level and, and obviously shown himself to do well. But I think that's probably the McNally situation is going to be the one that's quite a keen indicator for us in the summer because we're all a little bit, you know, we've obviously got uh, King in now and we're all hopeful that we might spend a little bit more money even though we're kind of probably not expecting to go crazy. But obviously there might be more money through, through sales and everything else. So I think McNally, as it stands at the moment, is quite an interesting one because... I would be shocked if we're not keen to sign him permanently, yeah. but it's whether, you know, whether we're going to stump up the money where you think mm. in past years we we might not have done. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one to yeah. see. Yeah, I suppose it depends what happens with Vic as well, right? Because if you get yeah, a big old, if you get a big, you know, 20 million pound fee for Vic, then yeah. options open up, don't they? And, you know, yeah. three three or four mil for a, for a top quality defender suddenly becomes, you know, plausible. Makes sense, um, yeah. Especially with, I'm sure that'll be, you know, we'll be fishing in markets where we can pick up a few sort of bargains and, you know, a few, you know, the likes of the Hamers and the Chiefs that we've signed in years gone by. So um, that could be justified at that point, but we'll have to see what happens. Um, obviously, we went unchanged yesterday in terms of the lineup. No real surprises there, um, you know, from the win in the week. Um, you know, Rob, you, you, would, you wouldn't have expected Robbins to be changing too much with that side, Matt. No, it's, it is pleasing to see because it feels like we don't really seem to have had the option or the opportunity to keep it, you know, at the same 11 at, at many points during the season this this year. So it's good to, to see us have the opportunity to be able to do that. You know, injuries seem to have cropped up where we've, we've had to make numerous changes, you know, majority of the way through the season. So when you've come out of a game against a team that were... I'm really in really good form in Millwall. You know, they're not a glamour team, obviously, but they came into the game, I think, on the back of a couple of wins. Yeah. They um obviously have pushed their way into the playoff race and are in the top six as it stands at the moment. So it's actually a, a really good win. And it's it's obviously going to gain confidence. The defense are going to have that increased confidence because it's another clean sheet for them. Um, you know, Yok was able to get his goal as well. So not that we're ever going <laughs> to drop Yok but <laughs> he, he kind of just 
helps him to kind of, I guess, get that little bit of a monkey off his back, I guess, that, that, that might have been growing a little bit as well. So it's good for us to be able to have that opportunity to, to, to have an unchanged team with the confidence we would have taken out of the Millwall side. And obviously it, it's ended up paying off well for us. Yeah. And um, obviously Godden back on the bench was, was pleasing to see. Um, you know, he's just really struggled to, to stay fit, hasn't he? Um, even when he did come back, he's then had that that kind of calf strain, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, good to see him back in the fold. And I suppose, you know, just hopefully now he can he can stay fit because he's another one that I think could be really key towards the end of the season to have that, that extra option. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we probably haven't seen him be able to stay fit for that extended period of time. But potentially the, the setup of our team has, has kind of changed maybe to an extent force because of the fact that he he obviously hasn't been available for such a long period of time. And I think more than, you know, in the past when he's gone out, I think we've kind of adapted to fit the fact that he hasn't been available and we've played maybe a different way and, and had to work around it. And maybe we did that at first when he went out, um, uh, you know, a couple of months ago again. But I think actually now it's adapted to a point where I think the preference actually, and we're seeing what happens with Gokarez up front by himself and the opportunity it brings us to control the game a little bit more deeper in the, in, in the pitch. I think it's actually adapted to a point where the preference now probably mm. is to say, we're not going to start with two strikers. And yeah. um, and hopefully from his perspective, that will, will actually potentially, I'm sure he wouldn't see it as this, but you know maybe be a, a good thing in terms of like his longevity with the club. Mm, yeah. um, you know, coming off the bench, potentially having that impact as a, as a sub. We know, I don't think anybody who's involved in this club has a, has a concern about his ability to finish. You know, if you give him chances, he's going to score. And the thought to me of having somebody like Godden who could come on for 20, 25 minutes where you need a goal is, is a really exciting one. The, the thought for me that worries me with Godden is if we're relying on him, unfortunately, as a, as a starter, um, is how long is he is he going to be available for? And then we have to kind of re, um, readapt to, you know, losing him from, from our preferred formation. So, you know, might be a bit of a blessing in disguise, but yeah, I think we'll all have our fingers yeah. crossed because he's he's important to us. You know, if we've got that option off the bench, he's somebody who certainly could score goals. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, um, start we, we started the season with the two up front and, and Godden yeah. had a decent start to the season. He scored a couple of goals, but, you know, I suppose, yeah, like you say, the maybe one positive was with him getting injured was that we did sort of switch the system and it, and it has worked well since. Um, so... Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with him for the rest of the season. Um, hope, like you say, hopefully he can play play a role off the bench. I think that's uh, that's yeah, that's an exciting role for him to play. Absolutely. Um, obviously, Maguire wasn't on mm. the bench yesterday either. Few little sort of rumours flying around um, amongst the fans about him. Um, mm. Do you fear the worst for him in terms of as a signing? Um, you know, he hasn't really. I think he featured what for for a few minutes in one of the games. Yeah. But, is he is he another one that you know will go down in that bucket of kind of I don't know what you describe them as like desperate Mark <laughs> Robin signings, um, yeah, which seems to happen. <laughs> a few. I don't few even. I think it was more just the case of uh, at that point of time we needed to bring another body in who could play as striker, and I think there was always a mind's eye on the fact that you know even when Maguire was signed, Godden and Walker were probably um, not far away from coming back, but then again we also couldn't rely on them. We had Waghorn potentially going the other way, which is, uh, we, and which obviously ended up happening. And um, 
and you know ultimately probably is the right thing for for both us and, and him as well so at that point we probably needed a striker but we didn't also necessarily a have the budget but b have the need to go out and sign you know somebody who we'd have a reliance on to score 15 20 goals um because we obviously have Giacarez and because we also knew that Gordon and Walker were coming back. So it was a difficult situation. We had to sign somebody. We probably didn't have the budget to go out and get anybody, you know, who you think is going to have a massive impact, even though you'd, you'd obviously probably want somebody who's maybe a bit more competitive than obviously Maguire is looking to be at the minute. But um, I don't know, desperation, I guess, in a way you could describe it like that, but almost a necessity to get somebody in and and probably not go over the top with with who you were getting in. You know, I still think with Maguire, he's he's done enough in his career to say if we actually got desperate again to, you know, God forbid, but if we if we were to lose Godden again and potentially was to come back onto the onto the bench, he's not going to excite me. It's mm. not going to be something that I'd be pleased to see. But um, he is somebody with. With respect to him, he has played at championship level for yeah. a long time. So, you know, he's probably not going to bang in a great number of goals for us. But as that, you know, now fourth choice option as a striker, it's actually, you know, it, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. But I would, yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I'd fear the worst for him. I don't, I think the plan now is <laughs> ideally, even from Robin's perspective, he won't really, mm. you know, get too many chances between now and the end of the season. So if all goes to plan in Robin's mind, I would expect he's not going to get too many chances. And obviously with it being a short-term deal, then you'd expect we wouldn't be looking to 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 move forward from I mean, what did what were your thoughts on me, Sai Maguire? I know he wasn't yeah. somebody that anybody was going to be overly excited with, but he has some he is somebody who I guess has got championship experience. So as a fourth mm. choice, I don't know. It's the yeah. worst thing in the world, I guess. I kind of agree with you. I think I think it was just about getting bodies in the door at that point. I think we were we were really sort of short, weren't we, in, in January. Um, I think it was like the Burnley game we went to. We had two keepers on the bench, and it was you know, yeah. it was it was quite bad, really. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was getting bodies through the door. Um, I think I'd actually liken it a little bit to the Casey Palmer situation in that he needs he needs games and he needs mm. time to get up to speed. Now Palmer wasn't getting that at the start of the season um, because of O'Hare playing, and then obviously O'Hare got injured and or injured again, should I say. Um, yeah. And he got a lot more game time and he's actually really thrived since then, you know, playing yeah. a good, what, 10, 15 games in a row. Um, yeah. But someone like Maguire isn't going to get that. Yeah. You know, he's not going to get that that sort of game time. It's going to be little bits here and there, 10 minutes. It's, it's a bit like Walker as well, you know, it's getting these yeah. little five, 10 minutes here and there. It doesn't give you the proper chance to get up to speed um and prove yourself in you know in, in important games or, or games where you can you know score a goal get the winner whatever it is yeah. um so you know it's, it's maybe a bit unlucky for him but like you say it with with the length of contract they've given him it seems like it's a you know it's, it's a body through the door served a um, purpose for a period of time isn't it yeah but, exactly yeah, so but perhaps we won't you know see a huge amount of him um yeah. this season um so yeah with the uh the game yesterday obviously Fourth minute of the game, Rotherham had the ball in the net. Um, hearts in mouths moment. Um, I have to be honest, I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. I stood right behind it. Um, obviously, subsequently, you know, it seems that that Wilson got kind of pushed um, off the ball. Um, but I think it's a bit of a wake up call, really, because um, yeah. very similarly to Luton, we're just sort of we're not quite, um, you know, we're not, not quite awake in those early moments, and and we could have easily been been one nil down, couldn't we, Matt? Mm. Yeah, I think we I think we were fortunate to be honest with you. Um it's one of their managers kind of said it's an absolute travesty and Robbins has said it's well, I don't know what he's talking about. It's it's clearly <laughs> a foul. And you kind of 
I don't know if I could go with extremes either way, but I what, what I can say is I'm sure if it had happened against us, we probably would be quite disappointed with it, especially yeah. early in the game and you know how well that can set you up in a game as well. So, you know, maybe potentially say from a technical point of view, it, it, it is a foul, I guess, but we're probably clutching at straws. I don't think any of us could really have had too many complaints if um if if it had been given, to be honest with you. Right. And uh I think as you say, ultimately the, the bigger point is the fact that it's it is there is a little bit of a trend there, I guess, in terms of we conceded early against Luton and and we potentially could and should have done again here in this game as well. So as solid as the defence has looked, and obviously with all the clean sheets and everything else, again, there's so many positives that we can look at defensively, but it doesn't mean we can ignore maybe something like this that, that happens because um it obviously can it can change your game. So yeah, a little bit little bit fortunate with this one, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's one of those that can go either way. I think yeah. on another day with a different ref, um, you know, he, he just lets, lets that go and says, you know, yeah. I'm not going to give the, the goalie that much protection. So really could have gone Stroud hasn't way. worked out too bad for us this season, has he, by the, <laughs> by, by the record? The record <laughs> isn't bad. It's not bad at all, is it? He's a goal, four wins out of four. So, uh, yeah, maybe he's, I don't know, yeah, he's it's, a secret fan or, or some connection somewhere down It's a funny one with him because, and I was going to come on to the, the Norton Cuffey yellow card mm. as well. Um, I find that when I'm at the games when Stroud's reffing, I'm getting really irate at certain decisions. But like you say, the game always Ultimately. tends to go our way, and he he yeah. gives us he gives us big decisions. He does yeah. really really annoying things, like he booked Cuffey, which I just didn't know what it was even. I didn't even think it was a foul, let alone the yellow card. Yeah. He booked uh, Vic late on for a sort of well for nothing really. Yeah. Um, you know, the, their players run over and sort of started on Vic, and he's just stood there and he, he's got a booking. So. He does little things that I'm, I just think, what are you, what are you doing? It's like it's not about you. Um, but then, on the big, big decisions, the penalties, and obviously the the, the goal for them, um, it goes our way. So, I, I thought he had a, he had a poor game, but you know, like you say, the the record uh, the record looks alright. Can't argue with the record. Yeah, no, I think you try. We always try and stay balanced on on here, and um, and I, and I would agree. I think he hasn't necessarily covered himself in glory in, in the games that we've we, we obviously had him as a referee for but um did the, I guess the other side is if somebody turned around to me tomorrow and said he was going to be the ref for the Sunderland game I'd be I'd be pretty happy with it so it's a, it's a bit of a 50-50 situation but no uh yeah I, again I, I agree with you you know it seems to be these big decisions go our way with him but there are just some really curious ones like you say the, mm. the Norton, Norton Coffee decision was was really odd. I don't. I think you 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 managed to get a bit of time with him, didn't you? So he probably gave you a little bit of feedback. He, but he, uh, let's put it this way: he didn't think it was a yellow either. <laughs> <laughs> In no certain words. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree with him. And as you say, the Vic one wasn't. Um, it was a bit of a curious one as well. It, see, it seems to be if there's any kind of scuffle involving, you know, multiple players against one, it almost seems to be as if the referee thinks they have to level out the cards. So that yeah. one guy from from one side is going to get one versus pick one of six, I guess, from from the other side. So it's it's kind of thing that you see across the board as well, which is really frustrating. But mm. um, but yeah, we'll, we'll take it, I guess, if we're if we're getting those big decisions from him. Yeah, and I suppose to be fair, you, you can't hear what the players are saying from the stand, can right. you? So you can yeah. only see what you can see. And for all we know, Vic's given given the player a right mouthful, which is why he's reacted. So you yeah, know. how good is Stroud Swedish? I don't know if we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you know who knows what Vic said. So maybe maybe he deserved a booking. Who sure. knows? But it, it seemed a bit it seemed a bit petty. But but there you go. 
Um, I thought Vic had a pretty typical Vic performance yesterday. Um, yeah. It was actually funny listening to to the the pod after the Millwall game. It was very similar in that, you know, he had he had the sort of easy, well, easier chances. Um, you know, he's when he runs at the defence, twisting and turning. Um, but he always, always like he's just trying to decide what shot to take, and always seems yeah. to take the wrong one. Um, and it, it was it was the same yesterday, wasn't it, Matt? He had a couple in the first half. He had one in the second half as well. Um, where he just, yeah, just takes a bit long, too long to decide what he's going to do. Having said that, he is sometimes does push himself a little bit wide and the angle is a bit tricky. Yeah. Um, but the keeper, the keeper did well in the first half to, to save one of those ones. I think he's got so much confidence in his ability now, rightly as well. You know, his form has dictated that he should, that he, he almost, when he's in the box and obviously, you know, sometimes these, these opportunities come from not a long ball, but kind of a ball, a ball that's played down the, the channel or played to him with his back to goal with maybe not too many, you know, supporting uh, teammates around him. And he gets into the box because he's just so good at getting to, into the box. And again, he's got so much confidence in his ability to be able to twist and turn and get away and keep the ball away from the defender that he's, it almost seems as if he's kind of thinking, right, I'm going to go inside now and see what the opportunities are there. But if it's not great, I'll just turn on the the outside because I'm I'm still going to have the opportunity. And if that's not great, I'll, and it's almost like he just he'll go back and forth about three or four times sometimes. Mm. And you are thinking, yeah, maybe um, on a couple of occasions he could have got the shot off earlier. But I mean, he just creates so much for himself as well a lot of the time recently. That's that's what I'm finding anyway. It kind of seems to be yeah. balls that are um, obviously the goal was very much you know played to him in it in a very good position and. Um, and he was able to take that chance. But a lot of these chances that we're seeing from him, you know, there were a couple in the second half, this one as well. They're kind of balls out of our half of the box, which go to him without too many people anywhere near him. And that's where he is, you know, for me, the best in the division because you put his him back to goal 25, 30 yards out and he will create a chance. Yeah. Or you kind of put him running at a defender again with um, with, a, with a distance to any teammates, but he will keep the ball away from, from the defence and, and still somehow find the opportunity to, to get a shot on goal. So um, You can't get annoyed with that, him, can you? You, you, can't, exactly, you, can't, yeah. you can't be annoyed with him when he's done all that unbelievable hard work to get himself yeah. in the position. And if he misses it, you think, well, he'll have two or three more in this game and or he'll pull some out of the hat like he does as well. So you almost don't mind. And it seems to happen a lot in the first half. He almost needs like a couple of of those chances, but he pulls it out out of somewhere in the end, doesn't he? As he has done. I think you know. I think you know. Ultimately, yeah. He, if he keeps doing that, he is probably gonna back of the net at some point. Um, and history has shown us that he will certainly over the last couple of seasons. So it's a difficult one. You know, the shot at the end of the day. I think the opportunity in the first half. It's um, well, he's always generally in those situations. He'll twist and turn. He'll put something on target we see quite a few of his goals maybe aren't um you know in the corner yeah and he will always generally stick them on target and give the goalkeeper something to do so you think you keep doing that you keep getting the shots on target you're probably more often than not going to come away with with a goal from most games and that's a huge advantage to us and and obviously in, in the majority of this season again he, he generally is what happens the ratio will be he'll create a few opportunities for himself Maybe there'll be a couple in there where you'd be a bit frustrated, but you know, probably at some point he's gonna he's gonna find the back of the net with one of them. Yeah, exactly. Um obviously Rotherham had a free header just before half time. Wilson was able to gather it. Um I thought Hugo could have done better here. Um, but it was straight at Wilson. Unlucky really, because 
you know, we, we let them in again and, and we could have easily found ourselves behind just before the break, which would have been a really poor time to concede. Yeah, it kind of it maybe falls into the point. Again, we switched off, obviously, or maybe weren't switched on from, from the start of the game and maybe switched off a little early at the at the first half. It's it's an interesting one, this, because he's obviously in acres of mm. uh, acres of space. He's got so much time. Obviously, it picks him out, but it's a little bit floated. So I guess if there was one thing to try and, um, you know, defend him a little bit is he has to generate the, the power onto the ball, yeah. which I guess makes it a little bit more difficult than to be able to control the direction. But yeah, 100% he should be doing better. You know, it, it ends up being pretty much almost a, a back pass headed to the goalkeeper. So you at least need to be to be doing more testing Wilson a bit more with it even potentially and again this is easier said than done but you probably could even have taken a touch and uh, yeah. you know and, and and obviously you know tried to score with his feet but again that is easier said than done but yeah in those kind of situations for all the I guess allowances we might try and give you if you're a Rotherham fan you, and if it was if obviously that was Gokarez or Godden or whoever up front for us you'd be saying you at least need to make the goalkeeper work more than that yeah 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 for sure um, I felt there that you know with that chance and then getting into half time that if we could come out flying second half yeah. that I, I did feel like we'd win the game i just had yeah. that feeling i just thought we were doing enough and we had enough quality and i wasn't that impressed with them and even though they had had sort of two you know two potentially um great opportunities um but we did come out flying second half we, we came out really really lively really sharp um, and we just looked like we just looked like we were going to score. We were creating yeah. so much space. Um, really, really good move down the left. Great link-up play between Palmer and Bidwell, and just such a good ball in from Bidwell, a perfectly placed. And Jamie Allen was just in so much space then, and and poked it home. Um, just a really, really good goal, Matt. Yeah, it was. And I, I, touching on what you said, the most pleasing thing about the goal for me was the mentality we had coming out in the second half because. As you say, I mean, it, you know, it only took what two, three minutes after the restart, but for that whole period of time, we were absolutely flying at them. Yeah. We didn't give them any opportunity to um, to hold on to the ball. And it again, we've talked, I guess, in the first half where maybe the start and the end of the, the first half we struggled. We didn't, we obviously didn't give them that opportunity at the start of the second half. And it, you know, this might be reading a bit too much into it, but it, what's most pleasing for me is kind of, I guess, the mentality behind it because. You know, at the minute with mid-table, you're kind of thinking, yeah, there is an opportunity for us to get into the top six. But, you know, in my mind, maybe a little bit you're wondering how much do we believe as a club that we're we're obviously real playoff contenders. But And then you kind of look at it and say it's an away game. So maybe a draw isn't the worst result and you can, you know, kind of shop, shop a little bit, try and catch them on the break and maybe get a goal, but ultimately try and keep it, you know, tight in defence and, um, and, you know, at least guarantee a point and go back to the CBS and obviously kind of capitalise on the home form. But they haven't done that. Mm. They've flown out in the second half. They've shown a mentality to say, we're going to go out and, and get this goal, which is really pleasing to see. And to me, it's kind of indicated that says, you know, there is belief within the club that we can actually potentially force our way into that top six. And yeah, in terms of the goal, it was great work on the left-hand side, just from pressure and, and obviously winning the ball back. And then I think, from Alan's perspective, it's almost probably fortunate that he takes quite a bad touch because it almost forces him to to kind of poke the ball yeah, home yeah. with the finish. He doesn't give him any opportunity he's to do anything else. It's got to just in the moment. He's got to go for it. Hasn't he's got to he? reach for it and kind of just yeah, poke yeah. the ball home. Whereas if he takes a better touch, he's probably going to try and you know place a shot. And there are defenders 
and obviously the goalkeeper in, the, in between him and the goal. So it probably become a bit more difficult, whereas it's almost just forced his hand to, to almost toe poke it in um, before a defendant, you know, nips in because it's not a great touch. So fortunate, but again, pleasing to see Alan get another goal as well. It's it's obviously good for, for him and his confidence and because um, he is going to be somebody that we're going to need to count on mm. for the rest of the season, I believe. Yeah, and up to six goals for him. He's, he's yeah. having a good season, but you know, you do hear a bit of flack for Jamie Allen here and there. Yeah. Um, is it unfair stick in your opinion, Matt? I think so. I think the thing with Allen is because he's just, you know, he's he's an energetic player. He's a player who gets up and down the pitch. He's going to work hard, but, you know, he's probably not going to do some of the things Hamer can do. He's not going to take a touch and probably volley a past 45 yards on a, on a sixpence or, you know, curl in a 35-yard free kick or anything else. So when he's the kind of player when we don't do so well, he's somebody you can pick on and say, well, what did he do in that game? Because there maybe aren't obvious um, you know, incidents or moments that he's going to have generally throughout the, throughout a game. Whereas you think, well, maybe probably, you know, majority of the time for me, I don't see a lack of effort from him. So yes, sometimes he isn't going to be the, you know, going to bring the, the biggest amount of quality. But like you say, six goals from midfield is is a decent return for somebody who isn't guaranteed as a starter and certainly hasn't been guaranteed as a starter for us, maybe when we've been able to, to select other players. So I think for me, he's somebody who's going to be an important squad player for us, mm. at least going into next season. You know, we're obviously going to have a lot of change next season, which is which is good. Um, and hopefully it's going to push us into a, a potential um, top six position if we don't do that this season, not completely disregarding the possibilities there. Um, but we're not going to, again, maybe we sell Jokeres and, and we get a lot of money from that, but we're not going to have untold and limited amounts of money to, to, to you know, completely revamp the team with multi-million pound players across the pitch. So you've got to look at it realistically and say, actually, he's somebody who, yeah, probably ideally next season we'd move on to a situation where he isn't a starter, but certainly somebody for me who can play um, a role in, in the squad. But I mean, I can't, I can't say I 100% don't get, I guess, some of the, you know, some of the issues people have. But from your perspective, what, you know, would you, would you agree? Is he somebody you'd like to see around the club next yeah. season, or are you thinking actually, you probably think we we need to be moving on at some point soon? No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. I mean, mm. you know, I think every club has to have players like this. You can't, like you said, you can't. Every player isn't going to be at the level of of Hamer or Sheaf or or O'Hare. You sometimes just need those kind of steady players that put an absolute shift in week in, week out, runs about, you know, doesn't leave anything on the pitch um, yeah. or leaves everything on the pitch, I should say. Um, you need players like that. And a lot of a lot of clubs have them, even the teams, you know, towards the top of the table. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Jamie Allen. I think I do agree with you. I think if we want to progress next season, then possibly he'll be, you know, someone we can bring on and, and feature more from the bench. But I think he's a great option. He'd be a brilliant Agreed. option to have from the bench with the energy he brings. Yep. Um, he's a sort of player that to bring him on actually could could be, could be really effective and actually might just take the pressure off him slightly. Like you say, the reason he probably gets stick is because he plays every single minute of every game. So, you know, any sort of mistake he makes or, you know, if he's not up to it um, in a particular game, then the fans are on his back. Um, he, he's that sort of scapegoat really in our team, which, yeah. you know, there always is one, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't got any complaints about him. I think he's had a really good season again. Um, and six goals is, is I think he's our second highest goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it, 
it's a solid um, return. I remember speaking last season, one of the issues we had um, before O'Hare went on a bit of a run was goals from midfield. You know, we were getting goals from Jokeres and um, Godden. We were getting goals out of defence. We weren't getting anything out of midfield. I remember being yeah. on the pod and having that conversation to say, who is it from midfield who we think could, you know, step up and grab a few more goals? And, um, and we did say Alan was somebody that we potentially felt could do it. Um, yeah. And it, it is pleasing to see him you know, obviously back that up now because we are, again, it looks essentially like we will majority of the time probably favour going one up front and we, we are going to need goals from midfield. So um, Palmer's obviously chipped in with a few since he's come into the team and, and Alan scoring as well. So it's it's positive to see. Yeah, it shows how far we've come as well. I mean, mm. the first season in the back in the championship, I think, was it Walker was our highest goal scorer? It was, yeah. Was it like eight or nine or something? It wasn't it was, many. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't double figures, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't double figures. So you think, you know, Jamie Allen's probably going to finish on the same number of goals as our as our top scoring striker the first year back. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's not That's bad. probably the best example I've given to put in context the movement we've had since <laughs> since season one, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I that's, think, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it. we've come so far that fans forget little things like that that yeah. you know Jamie Allen scoring six he'll probably you know end, end on eight to ten at the end of the season actually yeah. that's a that's a brilliant season overall first season we'd have been looking for yeah a, a, a top goal scorer to have got that so yeah it's a really good point actually yeah yeah exactly um we had to weather the storm a little bit in the second half they had a, a flurry of corners but I didn't feel like they really threatened us um we you know we dealt with everything very well they are a very physical side though you know it was noticeable they were very physical. There was a lot of sort of shirt pulling and, you know, some of the dark arts going on. But I thought we dealt with them well, Matt, and I didn't ever feel like we were really under the cosh in that second half. Yeah, it probably goes back to the the fad situation, doesn't it? You know, we um, just that confidence he gives you, you know, in terms of as a player, what he's always going to be best at is dealing with those dark arts, as you say, and, and throwing a few about himself as well. So he's the kind of player who you are playing a rhythm. He's going to, He's going to get stuck in and, you know, give it back to them as, as good as we're getting. And with young lads in defence, that's really important because you just think, you know, again, they're getting used to playing. They've probably grown up, you know, Panzo, uh, maybe a little less because he has played first team football, but certainly the likes of Dorla, McNally and everyone else, they grow up in these youth systems for yeah. Chelsea's and, and whoever else and Man City and everything and aren't really playing, you know, full um, full league football and, and seeing some of these tricks and, you know, little, uh, well, just the physicality that you get from it as well. So just the importance of having him there to, to kind of, I guess, stick up for and defend his, his teammates and um, and the nature of football that they play as well is always going to lead into to needing somebody like Fads at the back and just kind of repelling the ball when it comes in. He's, he's the one you're probably looking mm. at to get rid of it. So with him there, I agree, it didn't really feel as if, um, even though they were, you know, potentially yeah, getting a few corners and and having a little bit more possession possession than we'd like. It, it didn't necessarily even feel that nervy, to be honest with you. Mm. Which for for Kov away yeah. when you're winning is is always always yeah. good. Yeah, and you mentioned Doyle there. I thought Callum Doyle was was brilliant again yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really assured. You know, I feel like when he first came into our side, you could sort of tell it tell his age a little bit, yeah. um, but. You know, he's just come on so much that he just he just looks so so sort of settled and actually looks so much older than he is in terms of how he plays the game. Um, yeah, really good at the back, but some of his some of the um the balls he plays as well. There was that one he he pinged forward to Vic to chase, you know, yeah. just unbelievably good vision. 
for balls yeah. like that to notice that you know Vic's on side and to get that ball up the field. So um, really impressed with Callum Doyle yesterday, and yeah, he's he's one that he'll he'll probably you know be a bit disappointed to see him go back at the end of the season. Um, he's having a great great season, isn't he? I think as we we talked about McNally earlier, and, and obviously I, I agree in terms of thinking there is a realistic opportunity for us to get him permanently. And unfortunately, I do think with Doyle, it, it's not something that we're going to have the opportunity to do. And he is the kind of player who you look at him and you think if if he can go in the right direction, which you know, assume he will do, he he will be a Premier League regular in the next few years. I'm I'm pretty certain of that. But he does benefit from having somebody alongside him who's probably going to calm him down and allow him to play the game that he can play. Mm. Um, so, you know, again, having Fads there to, to help him out and maybe allow him to do that is great. We've seen it at points during the season with the, his ability to, you know, pick a pass out from defence. It's fantastic. And I know the moment you're talking about was a little, there was a little bit of pressure as well. It's not as if he had the ball at his feet and yeah, he could yeah. kind of stop and take his time and pick the pass. He actually had to do it under a lot of pressure and, you know, I don't even think he got to take a touch. It was just kind of more of a moving ball. And he, he just found Gokhrez so, so brilliantly. He's a real, he's a pleasure of a defender to watch when he's in form. So he's somebody that I think, yeah, we realistically, we're probably only going to be able to enjoy him for the next few months, but yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll get plenty of opportunity to do so over the next few months. Something I want to see us do more as well, because, you know, yeah. when you won one nil up away from home, you know, the later on it gets, there is that temptation to just, you know, hit it into row Z, but yeah. with, you know, with Vic's pace and what he can do to defenders, you know, if you can get it in that sort of area of the pitch, you can easily break on teams, can't you? Um, and obviously, you know, the, the second goal sort of typified that really, um, you know, getting it up there, there's players like Hamer who are going to, you know, pressure players and, and make them panic. And I'd like to see us do that more, to be honest, when we want to look. Yeah, just even getting it into space, you know, it's kind of, um, obviously it's good if we can get it get it into feet, but that pass was was more into space where you're giving, because we've got such a great outlet in Jokerez at the moment, you know, if you if you put it into space where you kind of even say, well, there's a 50-50 chance between you and the defender, you can feel really confident that he's going to be the one to win that battle. He has got deceptive pace, um, he's got strength, he's got ability to, to shield the ball away, even if he's kind of running at a defender as well. It's, um, it's just such a great outlet too as well. If you just kind of remove kind of hoof in the ball clear and change it with look a bit more of a educated pass a little bit more of a okay you might not need to try and play a through ball out of defense if we're defending because that's a bit much to ask but if you can get it into space out into the flanks then you're giving Gokarez half a chance and mm. as yeah. we're saying he's probably going to create a chance at least from from those positions yeah exactly and Robbins did make a couple of changes. Obviously, Godin came on. Um, thought he he did okay. Did what he needed yeah. to. Did get outpaced a couple of times, but you know I think it it, it gave us a little bit more of an outlet. Um, and then obviously Kelly came on as well um, mm. to replace Eccles. I thought Eccles had a good game as well. Yeah. Um, what have you made of him slotting into that into that CDM role past couple of games? Obviously, it is his I guess it's his natural position, right? But we haven't seen him play in that position a whole lot, have we, over the last few years? Yeah, it's it's been such a, an important thing for us the last few weeks. And obviously, you know, Chief's an important player to us. So we're all disappointed and, and obviously want him back as soon as possible. But you take positives out of, I guess, bad situations. You know, Eccles is a player. I think for us, again, without the fact of expecting us to spend huge amounts of money next season where we can completely revamp our squad with, you know, multi-million pound players across the board, 
what what has worked for us well over the last number of years has been that model of bringing young players through and and obviously letting them have an impact on the team and um and the likes of obviously Eccles and Burroughs are going to be important to us the next you know going into next season to again potentially bump up the quality in our squad because if we are serious again not ruling out the potential for this season but if it if it does end up being next season where we maybe have a bit more of a push it's what's going to be crucial to us is that strength in depth that ability to say if you know one or two players do go out we've got the ability to replace them and replace them with a like for like um which we haven't had since we've been in the championship if one of our mm. better players has gone out then we've replaced them with a severe kind of dropping quality and we're starting to see now that actually that already isn't isn't kind of the case you know we obviously lost O'Hare and you know he's a fantastic player and there is a, a drop to a certain level but we I guess potentially haven't um haven't felt it as much as we certainly would you know back in the first season of the championship I would say and again similarly with Eccles I think he, it's been great to see him have the opportunity to play in his natural position get some game time under his belt in that position obviously with kind of knowing he's probably going to have a run of games and the opportunity to kind of put his stamp on it in. Um, yeah, he's, he's looked solid. He's looked really good. I think he's really helped Hamer in terms of his ability to, to, to go forward and do a bit more as well. And um, I think it's fantastic for us because I probably was a few weeks ago looking at centre midfield and thinking that was an area that we probably were going to need to significantly improve on next season. And now I look at it and think we, we're obviously going to need to to make some changes, but uh, I, I don't know. I think there's there's a bit more optimism in terms of what we're going to have at the club. If you think Hamer Sheaf, um, Eccles potentially nails down becoming, uh, you know, set in that position, then you're actually starting to say, well, you know, it doesn't look like a bad, yeah, uh, you know, bad base for us to start with. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. And I think it's been quite nice with the younger players, you know, Burroughs and Eccles, that they're not being sort of overly relied on. They're getting, you know, they're getting minutes, but they sort of gradually be embedded in. Um, you know, thinking years gone by, players, you know, in League One and League Two days would sort of come into the first team and then they just they just stay in the first team, you know, f- yeah. f- 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 that was it, like, you know, Bayliss and Shipley and people like that. But it feels like now we can sort of bed them in gradually and they'll, you know, incrementally improve um, season on season. I think they'll end up being really, really good assets for us. So... It yeah, is, I think I think when we first got into the championship, we did struggle to bring players through. It was it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken a little bit longer, but I think we're starting to see it now in Eccles and Burroughs especially. Um, As you say, probably because of the pressure that we would have had in that first season. Yeah. Really, you know, we were able to bring in um, a few quality players, but we weren't able to completely revamp our squad. So a few of them would have, you know, would have obviously had experience in League One and, and still would have come into the championship and been playing more regularly than they probably would have felt they would have expected to, or, or probably than they should have done. So yeah, you're right. There's, there's probably been an opportunity to bed them in a bit better now. And Eccles has, has obviously had game time, maybe not in his natural position, but it's allowed him to get accustomed and comfortable on the pitch. And yeah, um, yeah he, he looks like a quality player for us. Yeah, certainly does. Um, and obviously we, we caught Rotherham on the break again. Um, brilliant play from Gus Hamer. Really, really good strength to, to, to 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 win the ball and, and keep the ball. Um and he slotted the ball perfectly to Vic. And it's sort of again back to what we said about Vic. It was actually the trickier of his chances, I thought, <laughs> yesterday. Um he sort of pushed himself into a position where I thought he's going to turn back onto his right foot. But actually instead he just went with the quick shot into the yeah. bottom corner. They're almost those ones where I think the keeper almost thought he was gonna he was going to turn. 
Yeah. And he just goes for it and the keeper's just stood, stood rooted to his line. Um, a really good finish from Vic and just sealed the win, didn't it? Yeah, it was, again, for me, the more pleasing thing was the was the impact from Hamer. I think it's Giacarez who forces the mistake initially or extends on an initial mistake, which kind of they try and play a pass to get out of the mistake. And obviously Hamer runs onto it, but his anticipation, yeah. his pace and drive running kind of through. And it looks like, this for me is the thing, this is kind of what sums up the improvement in my mind that we've seen in Hamer over the last kind of few weeks, to be honest with you. Um, we've always rated Hamer. Obviously, he's technically probably our best player at the football club from a, as I say, from a technical ability point of view. Um, where there's been an issue with him is obviously A, been disciplinary uh, and B, potentially end products with him. You know, sometimes yeah. he's not making the right choices and we've obviously seen his disciplinary record improve, which has been a, a big plus for us. But I, I think his, his decision-making over the last few weeks has been it has been so much improved and we're seeing him score more goals. Obviously, and he yeah. scores some quality goals for us as well, but he's also making the decision to to not shoot in situations where I think, you know, if you asked me six months ago, 12 months ago, when he first came to the club, in that situation where he's kind of burst away from the defender initially, but then they've kind of caught back up. And at that moment, it looks like it's a 50-50 um, race to, to get onto the ball. In my mind, majority of the time if you'd have gone back even you know a few months ago he would have just shot in that situation and I thought we one nil up late in the game we're probably going to win anyway I want to score a goal I'm just going to put my foot through this and, and see what happens but actually yeah. in, in terms of his development and he's still a young footballer he was able to turn back um, get hold of the ball look up and then really show his quality in terms of getting away from the defender um, and picking the right pass as well, which was kind of away from the the direction he was looking, but kind of came back inside and looked at looked up for Giacarez and, and found him. So for me, the, the biggest impact, the most pleasing thing to see in that goal was the impact from from Hamer. And Giacarez, mm-hmm. as we say, you know, he does what he's probably going to do most games. As you say, he probably falls the goalkeeper because of the fact that he's watched him through the rest of the game and he has seen him turn in and out about seven times with each chance he's got. <laughs> and this one, he's not done that. He's kind of t- turned back out to his left foot and and then taken the shot and the goalkeeper's probably not expecting it. So it's a quality finish and, and obviously what we would expect from him. But it was just really nice to see. Uh, you know, obviously it's not all about stats, but it is it is pleasing for me for, for Hamer to see him getting these goal involvements. He's scoring goals, he's getting assists. He's kind of backing up the quality that we know he has. And, and I think it's good for me that his decision-making is kind of improving in line with seeing results from kind of assists and mm. goals and those kind of stuff. You know, I watched him as after Giocca scored the goal and he seemed absolutely delighted with the fact yeah. that he had another, another assist to his name. And I'm kind of like, that, that's the kind of thing that pleases me because I, if he'd gone back a year, I don't know what you think, but to me, it was like, I think he likes obviously scoring as anybody would, but now I think he's kind of getting that same level of, of enjoyment from an assist as well. Yeah, and, and how much he's loving winning as well. I mean, mm. at, at the end, he was just, he was absolutely buzzing. He was so yeah. happy at the end and celebrating in front of the fans. And I don't know, I've just, he, he feels like something's changed since January almost. And I don't know whether mm. it's because of new contracts on the way or something's mm. happening in the background, but I don't know if you remember like, I think it was the Watford away game. There's been a few games where he's kind of almost celebrated on his own a little bit. And he's just, he's only really reacted if we were singing his song and not with the whole team. And I don't know, since then, since January, he's, he's just seems so buzzing to be winning games. And he's really, you know, with all the team and everything at the end. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that, but 
it's, it just feels like something something's happening. Something's definitely team. changed in his game over the last <laughs> few months. Um, you know, he's obviously still always been a young footballer for us, so he's kind of, I guess, maybe getting a, a bit more mature. But as you say, it's 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 more than that. It's it's a bit more of an immediate thing since January. So we're talking the last four, five, six weeks, and um, but it, it's all good stuff and. You know, there's always been so much potential with him and his ability. It's just about unlocking that decision making, and yeah, um, and now he seems to have done that. So that's that, that's fantastic. When people have talked in the past and gone, "Hey, my 15 million, whatever," I've kind of shied away from it. I'm like, you know, he's a fantastic footballer, and and still we'd want to be making a, a severe profit from him. But 15 million was always too much. But getting to the point now where you think, no, he, he might be in that kind of conversation in. You know, not now, but in in maybe next season or, or something, if he carries on the way he's going. To be honest, yeah, um, brilliant win. Obviously, put, putting us four points off the playoffs. Um, yeah. Another clean sheet as well. Um, we, we we always get clean sheets if we win, don't we? Um, and it's it's one step closer to the golden glove for Ben Wilson, which isn't something I thought I'd be saying on the podcast this season. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. I don't think he even thought he would uh, he, he would be starting too often. But it's it's a really great thing to see again. There's so many interesting stories that are going to potentially come out this season. And you think, you know, Moore hasn't been injured at all, but he just had that run at the start of the season where um, a few issues. But I, I don't know. I don't know what you think. But personally, I always thought it was a case of right. Moore, you've you've obviously made a big mistake in the first three each of the first three games of the season, but. You're probably going to come back at some point in the next yeah. few weeks, um, and obviously that hasn't happened. I don't. Do you feel the same? I, I always yeah, kind yeah. of thought it was going to revert back to more coming back in. Uh, yeah, I did. At some I did. Point. Yeah. I thought. I thought it was. It, I thought it was completely fair what what Mark Robbins did, sort of yeah. bringing more out and giving Wilson the chart, especially as with the amount of football Wilson's played for us over the last sort of few years as well. It's not like he's a number two who's just literally sat on the mm. bench for three years. He's been very involved. He feels like. He's someone we can rely on and trust. Like he's very likable. Like I think you know, mm. the major- majority of the fans I feel you know have a lot of faith in Ben Wilson. I know there's a few that may you know, there's always a few here that here and there that that, that you know will will give him a bit of negativity. But um, but yeah, no, I thought the same. I thought I thought Wilson would go in. I thought he'd probably have a few decent games, maybe make a mistake, and then more would be straight back in. Mm. Um, yeah. But you know, he's he's kind of proved proved everyone wrong really, and. I think regardless of what he's individually done, you just have to look at it as a unit. I think you've mm. got to look at the defensive unit, obviously with Fads in there is the ideal. Um, you know, we've talked about players like Doyle, McNally coming in has been great. You've still got players like Panzo, who can, you know, who's obviously out at the moment, but is a really solid player as well. Mm. I think as a unit, they've been absolutely brilliant this season. Yeah. I know we've had our yeah. moments. We, you know, we've had a few, few, you know, games where we've conceded a few goals and made a few mistakes, but on the whole, I think it's been a really solid unit and he's a key part of that. So, yeah, I, I, it's really tough for Simon Moore, isn't it? Um, yeah. I thought the Wrexham game might have been his, his sort of way back in. <laughs> I thought if he'd if he played an absolute blinder that game, um, yeah. you know, then it would have given maybe Mark Robbins a slight headache. And then if Wilson had made a mistake the next game or something, you know, it could have gone yeah. differently. But obviously it didn't, it didn't go well at all for him that game. Um, and he did look a bit off it. It looked, he yeah. looked like he hadn't played for a while. So it it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um yeah. see Wilson signed the new the new contract as well. Um I I feel like we'll still be looking for another like a new number one next season. I just asked. I was gonna ask. Deal. 
what what you thought there because it's it's so tricky isn't it if he ends up going on to to win the golden glove and keep all of these clean sheets you know you'd have thought aside from that fact it would have been yeah you'd, you'd probably be looking for a, a new number one but it feels really harsh doesn't it you win the, the golden glove and then you you know somebody comes along and says hi what, i'm taking your spot but, and what do you say what do you say to him i mean you know I'm, I'm not a football manager so i wouldn't know how you deal with these situations but do you say to ben wilson look we're going to look for a new number one. You're you're likely to be number two, but if we don't find anyone, then you could be number one. Like how, I don't know. You know, he, how does he prepare for next season? How does he feel heading into the summer? I feel like he's the sort of lad who, I think he's just loving life. Whatever happens, yeah. I think he's he's probably got a lot further in his career than he thought he would. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, so I think you know he's been a number two most of his career, hasn't he? Right, and he's got to number one and probably thought I'm just going to just make the most of every minute I'm here and you see him on the like videos before the games and stuff. He's just, he's just having a laugh, isn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just loving life, but I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting situation. I, I'd feel pretty confident having him as number one. I, I would. Um, it depends what's available in the summer. I think our problem is as well is we, we don't d- tend to sign like ready-made number ones, do we? Um, you know, I don't think probably since we had like the likes of Joe Murphy and Kieran Westwood and people like that, where we, you know, you signed like a, a ready-made number one, perhaps from the division below. We haven't really done that in recent years. We've, we've signed like number twos. We've had people like Lee Burge who's come through the Academy. We haven't really, yeah, signed those ready-made ones. So it's an interesting one, the goalkeeper situation. Um, who knows what, what they're thinking, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know who's out there really. It's, it's quite a hard position to to sign that ready-made, ready-made one. Who knows if there's if there's one in League One? I don't know. Do you know what your knowledge of of League One keepers is like, Matt? It's it's limited. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> it's a good point. I don't. Yeah, we haven't really. When you look back and and think about it, really gone with a a big impact goalkeeper signing. When you say this is somebody coming in as a nailed on number one, even even if you say when we signed some Simon Moore, you think he probably is going to be the number one, but he wouldn't have been somebody that you could definitely say yeah. was a nailed one, had to be number one goalkeeper. I think obviously his performances last season just kind of promoted him into that um, into that position. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. We've not really done that in the past and it's going to be interesting what we do this summer because it, and there's still plenty of time to go as well. You know, um, hopefully he does go on and, and win the Golden Glove and then it becomes a real headache, I guess, potentially for, for Robbins. But I think, you're right in saying he's the kind of lad who, who seems like he would take it the right way. Yeah, um, that's the thing. But also, it? You, it feels like you'd have to give him that caveat of, you know, we're going to bring somebody else into the club um, and there's a, at least a battle there. You know, you've got the summer between the two of you to prove to us who is mm. who is the number one and kind of give him that opportunity to go out and prove yeah. himself. And then it becomes, I guess, a nice problem to have. Because exactly. Battling on somebody that you've brought in who potentially has that hopefully reputation of being an all one versus somebody who's won the Golden Glove in the Championship mm. the season before. So, yeah. but, nice uh, problem but, to have if you if you've got a really good second choice keeper who's who's happy being the second choice. Yeah, I imagine if it wasn't, I mean, you know, I imagine there's other keepers if they're in Ben Wilson's position who would be off pretty quickly and absolutely. maybe wouldn't have, maybe wouldn't have even signed that contract. Who knows? You know, they might be looking for a move on, but he, you know, the fact he signed that. You know, there's going to have to have been some sort of conversation about why he's signing that and what his role will be. So, yeah, footballers aren't aren't stupid, are they? You know, that yeah. and they've got they've, well, when it comes to football anyway, they've got and they've got people around them who are going to um, 
who, who were going to advise them of the right things to do. And uh, it was, I think, a smart time for us as a football club to offer him that contract because I personally believe, yeah, there's going to be some level of change in the goalkeeping position come the summer, bring somebody in who at least is going to be competing for that number one spot. And I think what we've said is, um, you know, he could have got to the summer potentially having won a Golden Glove Award and, and you would imagine he would have some decent offers and opportunities to go. And we've kind of said, well, if, if that were to happen, then we're obviously hopefully demanding, uh, you know, a decent return on, on the situation as well. But I do think you're right in saying he's probably the kind of person who would be happy to at least have that opportunity to ballot out with somebody, take it the right way and mm. and obviously um, potentially push to, you know, to to win the, the, the number one shirt again next season. But still, still a lot to happen, I guess, between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's your man of the match for yesterday, Matt? Uh, I would give it to Jokeres just purely on the fact of the defence performed so well as a unit. Again, they had such a solid, I guess, connection between the three of them where I thought Doyle, McNally and Fads all had a solid impact in the game. It was hard, it's hard to separate them as an individual, I guess, um, which seems a bit harsh, but the other thing for me, Gokarez, just that outlet that he provides is is so unbelievably important um, in, in us winning these games. And you know, I, I just think defenders are so terrified him as uh, of him as a striker. He causes such havoc. He's got such ability. You know, he's doing it by himself up there, really, and creating opportunities and scoring goals. And we saw all the the good things in in his game again yesterday. And um, it would be close between him and, and those defenders. And you've mentioned, obviously, a couple of players who would be, um, you know, like Eccles as well, who, who stood out. But, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just lean towards Gokarez. How about yourself? Well, I'm guessing it's going to be one of the defenders. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think everyone everyone had a good a good game. Gokarez um, definitely stood out for me. I think Hamer also stood out for yeah. me. Uh, if you look at some of his stats from, from Saturday, yeah. um, he, he looked really good. And I think, you, you know, influential in lots of different parts of the game um, yeah. defensively um but a lot of that that sort of pressure and that that fast start we had in the second half he was instrumental in that and obviously with the the second goal as well um you know he had a, a big hand in that so I'd probably just sh- slightly shade it towards um Hamer but yeah. when you know if we're if we're debating who man of the match is then it shows shows what performance it was for this club the worst thing absolutely yeah, exactly you're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and preview the Sunderland game. Um, Sky Blues host Sunderland at the CBS. It's the early kickoff live on Sky Sports. Uh, this is a big, big game, Matt, isn't it? Um, you know, they're on a, a decent run at the moment. They've got themselves into that top six. And now they're certainly, you know, on that sort of playoff push. I think this will be a, a hard game, won't it? But, a, but an exciting one for the fans. Yeah, it, it will be a tricky game and I, I agree. I think it will be an exciting one. I think there'll be goals in it. They've done well again from uh, a, a team coming out of the um, the division below. Um, you know, they had a, a solid first half of the season, but it's really been over the second or, or kind of more recently, I guess, the last couple of months where they've stepped it up and, and took themselves up to fifth in the table with 49 points from their 32 games, which, you know, it's impressive considering it's, you know, Sunderland obviously a big team, but they're not um, they're not coming into this division having yo-yoed for the last three or four mm. years. They've been down at that level for the last four four or so years. So it's still a thing to be able to come back up and, and obviously come 
get into the playoff mix, as it were, at the moment um, in their first season. So that's that's something that we've obviously got to take into account going into this game. And they're a decent side, in all fairness, at both sides of the pitch. They've conceded 34 goals, which is the seventh best defensive record. And they've scored 47 goals, which is actually um, the best outside of the top three. So they've got a threat up front. Um, but they have got some solid players at the back. Obviously, we know that um, they're going to uh, be without one of their big threats up front in, in Ross Stewart, who's obviously out now for the rest of the season with an Achilles injury. Um, but they haven't performed too badly without in the last few weeks in their three league games since he um, went out injured in that FA Cup game against Fulham. They've picked up seven points, and that would have been nine for a, but for a, a 93rd-minute penalty yesterday against Bristol. City. Um, so their form's really good. They've lost just one game in the last out of the last 10. I think they've picked up 19 points in that time as well. So uh, a really tough game for us. They've got you know players to keep an eye out across the pitch to say Danny Bass, an interesting one in defense, who um obviously has got a lot of experience, probably played at a higher level, but has come in and played over 30 games from this season. So, you know, he's obviously. Um, brought that experience and, and had maybe a similar impact to, to the one that we've seen with, with us and, and Fads at the back. Um, in terms of standout players, the interesting one actually to pick out would be um, Joe Gaudhart, who they've got on loan from yep. Leeds yep. in, in January. Um, he's an exciting player, but probably somebody, because he came in before the injury to Stuart, and probably somebody who were thinking could maybe have an impact off the bench Um you know, or, or maybe they could throw Stuart on with or Stuart and Gadhart on together at the same time. But he's going to have a lot more pressure on him now with Stuart's injury and probably going to be the focal point of their strike for. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Hopefully, obviously, it doesn't work out too well for him in the immediate future. But outside of that, you've got the likes of Jack Clark, who they've obviously signed permanently from Spurs and has contributed with eight goals. And... Um, one of the most exciting young players in the division this season has been Jallo, who they've obviously got on loan from Manchester United and has looked like he almost looks like he's pretty much ready to um to ballot out for their, you know, for their first team squad, to be honest with you, or Man United first team squad, as it, I should say. So they've certainly got threats and it's it's by no means of um by no means an easy game for us. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely an interesting fixture. Um obviously on Sky as well. There's obviously the sort of the old rivalry there as well between the fans, which will add an edge. Tony Mowbray as well, back at the back at the CBS. There's obviously Doyle playing against his club from last year. So plenty of sort of exciting edges to this one, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, two teams as well who both um probably wouldn't have been overly fancied still for a playoff run, but both would consider themselves very much in the mix. Um, you know, if we were able to beat them, we would go just one point behind them in the table. So um you've got to, you've got to add that element in there as well and um and everything else that you've talked about. So it's going to be an interesting game. They obviously generally bring bring quite a, a big following with them as well. So the atmosphere, as we know, there is that uh, interesting rivalry between the two clubs. So yeah. um I expect there to, to be a decent atmosphere and I expect a, a few goals as well and, and quite an interesting game. Yeah, I believe they're bringing 3,000. Um, they got limited to 3,000 um, yeah. for, for obvious reasons. Um, obviously, we always get limited up there as well. But um, yeah. but still, that's obviously a decent, decent number. And like you say, they're always they're always very loud. So I'm yeah. sure it'll be a it'll be a, it'll be a good atmosphere. Um yeah. in terms of how how we'll approach this one, um, I can't imagine Mark Romans would want to change too much. I mean, having one two in a row. 
I don't think there's any fresh injury worries. So would you would you think unchanged for this one, Matt? Yeah, you'd imagine so. I think we talked earlier about the the benefit of being able to start with a you know an unchanged side when you've built that confidence from the Millwall win. And they're obviously you would imagine only going to have extended that with the comfortable professional win that we've had against Rotherham in uh this this weekend as well. So it would be a real shock to see any changes in the team outside, obviously. Um, and, and Touchwood, you don't see any, but outside of any injuries, I would expect it to be the, the same eleven. But you never know with Robbins as well. He has that, he has that ability in him to, to throw a, a shock and a surprise in there if he thinks it's the right thing to do. He's not afraid to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, a, a win could be could be huge. Uh, obviously, playing in the early game, it could lift us to a point outside the playoffs and until three o'clock when obviously the other teams play. But I think you know, even just to just to see see us you know, shooting at the table at least initially would be exciting and obviously as we alluded to earlier in the pod we've got an interesting run after that um you know we've got Preston Huddersfield Hull Wigan um I know Preston away is always a bit of a nightmare but we're gonna have to turn that around at some point um but even uh, you know even a point away at at Preston if we could get a win this weekend you know we'd, we'd keep the run going and and then you go into sort of three or four pretty winnable games and it it starts to look exciting doesn't it Matt really interesting if we were to to, to manage to get the win this weekend, as you say, we're going to be, you know, right up there within a couple of points. Obviously, the the two wins we've put together over the last week has kind of helped us to climb a few spaces, but we haven't really jumped up the table too much. We have that those periods of time where, you know, you probably have to, to bring yourself back up to speed with the league and, and put a couple of wins in. But then, you know, if you can put from here, potentially two, three, four wins together in a, in a short space of time, then we would probably be you know, firmly in the playoff places. So that's the the exciting thing. And as you say, the runner games that we've got after this Sunderland game, um, the opportunity really is that you mentioned that Preston one's always kind of a bit of a, a bit of a sore point that sticks out in, in your mind. But yeah, it's at some point, surely something's <laughs> got to go. Something's got to go, got to go right there for us. So you just never know. But uh, even outside of that, it's, it is a really favourable run for a few weeks, to be honest with you. So if we can, find a way to, to win what will be a tough game on Saturday, then it's it really is, you know, game on and and we can we can start to get excited again, can't we? Yeah, I was I was looking at the uh the fixtures earlier. After Sunderland, we don't actually play anyone in the current top six apart from Borough on the last day, who obviously mm-hmm. are absolutely flying. Um so, you know, yeah, it's a it's a favourable run as you can say. I think one thing that will be key is obviously um, fitness of players. You know, we're looking okay at the moment, but, you know, Sheaf and Panzo, two key players that are, are still out at the moment. I think Sheaf's probably got four or five weeks, um, probably from what they were saying, to he's fit, that'll be key. So, you know, if we can get those two back and, and we can keep everyone else fit, that's going to be really helpful, isn't it, with that squad depth, Matt? That will give us that, that especially with the um, the fixture list. I know it's... It gets a bit more sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, doesn't it? In yeah. March, um, that's going to be really, really key. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think you know we we can be honest and say we haven't got the squad depth that maybe some of those teams around us have got. You look at the table, and there's a few teams between us and the playoffs. And, and you look at who those teams are. You know, the likes of Norwich, West Brom, um, Watford. They are teams who certainly haven't performed to the level that you would expect of them, but it potentially is this point of the season where you start to get a little bit more worried because they obviously still have recently been in the Premier League or last season were in the Premier League and have benefited from the financial aspects of that to have that squad depth where you're looking at their 
their bench or people who obviously aren't even making the bench and you think they're, they're decent players, to be honest with you. So we need um, we need as many people back as, as we can get from, from our perspective just to kind of, I guess, quell that to some extent because, you know, we're going to have knocks, we're going to have people who maybe don't just have off days and we need to have options off the bench to you know, to, to kind of come in and, and do a job as well. So it's going to be crucial to see what happens in the in the next few weeks with those injuries. Hopefully, you know, we can get them back sooner, sooner rather than later. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting few weeks, hopefully. Hopefully an exciting end of the season. Um Matt, what's your gut feel if I had to push you? Will we could we do it or or does your heart sort of say we'll we'll just fall short? I'm, yeah, I mean, from a could we point of view, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go very positive and say we definitely could. Um, it's it's too close to to say that you know anybody from I guess in my mind probably Swansea, who obviously a place below us, I think are all in the equation for for a playoff spot. You've got um, top three look like they're probably going to be obviously either going up yeah. or, or certainly making the playoffs. So then you've still got three playoff chances or three off places. Um, up for grabs and you, I think there's if you go down to Swansea that leaves you with about nine teams playing for those places now in past seasons where I would have had a worry is you know even if you say it's not too much of a of a points difference you, you've got so many teams behind you yeah. or in front of you sorry that you have to make the gap up to plus potentially a few teams behind you who could kind of still have a run but I look at the teams behind us and yeah I think Swansea potentially could have a bit of a run but the Bristol Cities and the Halls and everything I don't see them having a run and there's not a huge points gap between us and them but I just don't I think it's I think it's kind of out of the equation for them I don't think they've probably even got the mentality for it so from a could we point of view you start thinking it's maybe three from nine then then the opportunity is definitely there um, so could we yes will we um <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably not, unfortunately, in my mind. I, I think we'll we'll improve on what we did last season. I think we'll finish top 10. Um, I'm confident of that. I think we'll have a good go at it. But I, I just worry that some of those injuries and, and maybe some of those other teams having a little bit more depth um, when it gets to, obviously, March, April, that kind of time, it, it maybe becomes a bit more crucial. So... If I'm worryingly thinking we might fall a little bit short, but still from my mind, if we can finish top 10, really put together what will have, have been a really good season for us and then kind of go into season the next season with really a, an exciting opportunity to to kind of, you know, keep that foundation of, of a good squad around us, but get rid of some of the players who need to be moved on and then maybe put a bit of money behind trying to, to reinvest. And there's a real opportunity for what we can do next season. But, uh, to, to end from my perspective on a positive note the, the could we is is definitely still something I, yeah. I think is is on the table which for is the main whether we think right Matt because you just want exactly, to you just yeah. want to have that you want to have an exciting end to the season you want to be yeah. in with a shout just so it's not you know they're not dead rubbers and I think like you said if we can finish in the top 10 and on, on, yeah. you know on the same or if not just a couple more points than last season it means we've always improved on the year before and I think the really key thing which I think the fans will have to remember is that we've been through some pretty turbulent times this season, haven't we? I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you told, I mean, when we sat in the tavern doing that preseason pod, if you told me that, you know, the, we weren't going to play our first three home games because the pitch that CC were going to leave, I know that that potentially will be a positive thing, but even so, you know, some, some pretty, some pretty mad stuff's happened this season. Um, you know, we just, pretty much were, the day after that, we did that, uh, that first podcast, wasn't it really? Pretty much yeah. just, turned about face from from that day onwards and 
yeah, that first couple of months was a was a really testing period of time. Yeah. So, so it's, what, it's what, a, what 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 do you think? You, could we? Will we? Where, where are you with it? I I certainly think we could do it. Um, yeah. I think I, th- I completely agree with you on on the way the table looks. In that mm. sometimes you're chasing like there's like one place left pretty much. There's this, there's like sixth place. Yeah. And you've got like you know six to eight teams chasing it, and there'll always be one that just go on a silly good run where you just can't you can't out out you know out outdo their points total yeah um so we could do it but i i agree with you i think we'll fall short but i don't think it's a bad thing um okay. i think finishing in the top 10 will set us up really well for next season i think you know season ticket sales should go well people will see what we're what we're doing they'll see that there's that consistent improvement year on year mm. we've got doug king in the building he's got some ambitious plans for the summer robbins yeah. is happy and motivated as ever so I think everything looks great, um, and actually, I'd I kind of kind of want us to just put a proper challenge in next year. Yeah. Um, I feel like if we got in this year, as great as it would be, we're sort of winging it a little bit, and yeah, you know, you know, who's to say we don't get you know picked off in the playoffs, and then we all feel a bit awful about it, and our players yeah. get picked off. You know, it can go so many different ways, but mm. I sort of like us to. It's a bit like the League One season where there was that first year back in league one and we sort of consolidated a bit. I think we finished eighth or something like that. We're a bit bit short playoffs, but then we sort of built on what we had and then we absolutely just stormed it the next year. I'm not saying we're going to win the league next year, but we, we knew what we needed to do and we weren't too far off season. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A really good platform season and kind of see, you know, definitely the, the latter half of this season being that sort of platform for next season. Yeah. Um, You know, putting ourselves in a really good position, you know, getting a, getting a couple of contracts signed, you know, getting everything lined up for the summer. And yeah, I think go again, but go much stronger. I yeah, think agreed. the new ownership certainly puts gives us that option. Um, you know, a new sort of wave of investment, you know, a new few key positions, getting getting good players signed in those positions, then, you know, let's, let's have a go next year. Um, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know. Yeah. Agreed. When you're within a few points, you never know what might happen. So I'm not I'm not being negative, but I just think my gut feel says we might fall short, but it won't be won't be the end of the world. Yeah, no, agree hundred percent. Um cool. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Um cheers for joining me, Matt. Um really good to to be on with you. Um and listeners, do make sure you're following our partners, Sky Blue Tavern, across their social channels. And do make sure you get your booking, uh, your bookings in for pre and post match drinks and food for the Sunderland game. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation, all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.